0: Well, hello everyone. It is time for our announcements here at Keys Vineyard. Uh, really, we've got a really big announcement. Our our summer VBS is like a little over a week away and we're super excited about it. Uh, it. It's called Gotta Move, Keeping in Step with the Spirit. Your kids are gonna have a blast. It's for children ages three to 11, it's completely free. It will be from June 13th through the 15th. We'll start at nine, we end at noon. Uh, there's great games, snacks to learn about the Bible. Uh, you won't want to miss that event, June 13th through the 15th. Also, we really do appreciate it when you can volunteer. So if you can sign up to help, please do. All of the registration info you need is available on the app or the website, He's Vineyard. Dot com. Uh, also, another cool thing, my my father, Pastor Steve, is encouraging us all to download our new KV Church app. It's Keys Virtual Church. Uh, it's our online community. It's it's open to anybody watching a stream or anybody attending the church. It's a great place for additional discussion uh, on our sermons, and there's going to be even more content on that coming up. So now two great apps to download. We have our main KVC app, which has all of our church info uh, and, you know, other things you can sign up for and you can watch the services there. You can watch the services on the KV Church app as well, the virtual church. So really, two uh, two apps, have them both right on your home screen. Give them five stars. Great things to do. I believe the men's and women's groups are meeting Tuesday at 6.30. Uh, the Chosen Group has one more meeting left. That'll be episode eight. That'll be the last one for season three this Thursday at six. Thirty night watch later on in the month, June twenty eighth, six thirty. That is a night of ministry and prayer and worship, and it's a great night. So join us for that. And those are the big announcements that I got for you. With all that being said, let's get ready for church.
1: Woo! <laughs> Hey, everybody online, welcome. So glad to have you with us. Uh, we're hopping back into worship here in just a moment. We'll have fun doing that. We had a great time at 8. Then we're in our uh, third part of our series, Sword Sharpening. Uh, we're talking about making the most out of reading the Bible. And we've got some cool stories to for you today, Mark chapter 6 and Mark chapter 12. If you want to get your Bible, get ready, get comfy, get a coffee. Here we go. <laughs> Good
2: morning, everyone. It is great to see all of your faces. We're looking forward to spending time with you all in worship and the Word. And I'll tell you what we'll be attempting to do in case you don't know the flow yet. We will start things off with communion. Pastor Fran is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We will dismiss them off to their classrooms. And then we will have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. We are in sword sharpening part three. And uh, he's really excited. There's a lot of information today. So that's, yeah, we're looking forward to diving in. Before we do any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? We thank you for your presence here this morning, Papa. We thank you for how you've been moving in us. How you've been moving in our lives this week. How you've been changing us and working on us. And Papa, we praise you because we know you'll do it again next week.
3: You are the faithful one. Papa,
2: we ask that you continue to shape our hearts into the shape of your heart, so that we can continue to love lost kids back into your family. You are so good to us, Papa, and we love you. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect Almighty and eternal God. You have given us your grace by the confession of a true faith to acknowledge the glory of the eternal Trinity and to adore the unity and the power of your majesty. We humbly pray that you will keep us steadfast in this faith and always defend us from all adversities. We ask this through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. Pastor
4: Fran? On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body given for you. Take and eat it in remembrance of me. Same took the cup. It's the last night of the Passover celebration. Cups of plagues and sanctification and poured and celebrated. Jesus took the third cup, which cup of redemption. He said, This is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. There with his friends that night, Jesus gave us a lasting ordinance a remembrance that we call communion or the Lord's Supper. He said, from now on when we get together and partake in this meal. I want you to remember me. So his friends gathered this morning. We too can partake in this meal. The bread and the cup. The Bible of the Lord. We remember and give thanks. Remember all Jesus has said and done and promised to do. Remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. Want to remember how he died and rose again. Want to remember all in Thanksgiving that he's coming back soon. So on this table are the elements of communion. The bread and the cup. By the Bible Lord tables open this morning to all who believe it says we worship and you feel led by the spirit go eat drink remember and give thanks amen
0: amen thank you pastor Fran uh, it's our time for worship now and I always like to encourage us all to sing out lift our voices and participate as we praise the Lord here today we'll see the words on the screen so you can sing along with those you're you're welcome to sit stand if you're able you should know this one how great thou art
5: Jesus, we- From the moment that I wake up, until I lay my head, oh, I will think of the goodness of God. Oh, my life, you have...
0: You are all, you deserve the glory. for this time of worship in your presence. And Father, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those working with our children today. God, anoint them, give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You're so good, Lord. We love you, and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse?
3: Good morning, everyone. So happy to see you. Today's Bible story is amazing. It comes from the book of Matthew in our New Testament. And today, we find that the disciples are in trouble. And now, we're going to listen to see what happened. Okay? Ready? Okay, so one day, Jesus and his disciples got in a boat. Have you ever been in a boat? Raise your hand. Yeah, cool. Hi, yes. Okay, so they got into the boat because they were going to the other side of the lake. And the disciples were steering the boat. And then Jesus fell asleep. Have you ever fallen asleep on a boat? Yes? I have. Grayson has? Oh, Grayson. You you too? Oh, wow. Okay, guys. So Jesus was asleep. And all of a sudden, there was a big storm. I know. And the winds were very strong and the waves were crashing into the boat. Did you hear that, guys? It was crashing into the boat and the disciples became so afraid. They were like, Oh no, we're going to sink. And then they decided to wake Jesus up and say, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. But guess what happened? Matthew 8, 26 tells us what Jesus said. He replied, you of little faith, right? Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the wave and it was completely calm. It stopped. And all the disciples were so amazed. They were. They were so amazed. And they said, Who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. You see, Jesus' friends knew him as a good man and a good teacher. But when Jesus was able to calm the storm and the winds, right? Calm the winds and the waves. He showed them that he is the Lord. He is God. Jesus has power over everything he's made, right? Isn't that amazing? So when we ask the question, is Jesus God or human or... Our answer is that Jesus is fully God and fully human, right? He got tired. He ate like we do, right? He he was sad like we are, right? But he was God. He had powers to heal the sick, to bring people back from the dead, right? And over all creation. Isn't that amazing? I know. So cool. Okay, guys. So now we're going to do the Bible verse together. And you'll repeat after me, ready? Matthew 8:28. Hello, ma'am. Matthew 8:28. Excellent job, guys. He replied. He replied. You have little faith. You have little faith. Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Then he got up. Then he got up. And rebuked the winds and the waves. job. And it was completely calm. Excellent job, boys and girls. You do so good.
1: Good job. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Then Pastor Georgina will pray for them and we'll send them off to Children's Church.
3: That was so cool. All right, guys, ready? Let's bow our heads and let's talk to the Lord. Everybody ready to talk to the Lord? Okay. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this day, Lord God. We thank you for the amazing love that you have for us, Lord God. And Father, I pray that the little ones will know this love, Lord, that just surpasses our understanding, Lord God. And that, Father, you will continue to grow in them. A huge love for you and each other in Jesus' name. What do we say, boys and girls? Good job.
1: Good job. Have Thank fun,
3: you Pastor Georgina.
1: Someone will help you find your way. That one's lost.
6: It's running in circles.
1: And they're going well. <laughs> That's how I feel most days. No, you don't.
6: Oh, the, the, Where am I yeah, going? Oh, right, right, right.
1: <laughs> Have fun. Learn well. Obey your teachers. We're glad that you're here.
6: Enjoy the snacks. Huh? Enjoy the snacks. You said it. You, oh. Yeah, okay. it was just an add your on to your And there. I forgot what you said. So and
1: I, I don't hear anymore very well. I, I'm looking for the app that will just put everything in life in subtitles for me. <laughs>
6: yeah. As you so, speak. You know, as
1: you speak and the subtitles pop up. That would make life <laughs> wonderful, wouldn't it? Yes. Because I don't know how... I read an article about this recently because we've been doing this now for a few years. Remember a few years ago I told you I was going to start reading more and I turned the subtitles on the TV and... Uh, But the reality is, I saw this article, that lots of people do that and that they think it's because of all the streaming services, the acoustics aren't as good as they used to be. And so it's uh, not just, you know, my ears at 63 don't do what they used to do.
6: Are you holding uh, on to that tight, babe? I'm holding on to that. (laughs) And you you
1: can can sort of piece things together if you get every second or third word.
6: Right. (laughs) Right? Well, Some of
1: you know exactly what I'm saying. We
6: spent a couple of days at my daughter's house this week and if you want to not understand anything, try making sense of two 7-year-olds at the same time talking and it's just like, okay, stop. Do sign language and they do. They do sign. Language. Yeah, we had
1: we had the three of the three of the the three younger girls together yeah. Alice and I in Walgreens oh. in the toy aisle. Oh. And they were all talking at the same time, the whole time. And at some point, I finally (laughs) said, how do you live like this? Because if you're all talking, I can't hear anything, and neither can you. And then he goes, oh, we figure it out. They just keep getting louder.
6: Anyway. I'm very excited. I digress. Let's,
1: Let's press along.
3: There's Abby.
1: That uh, code that just popped up is for you. If you're a uh, first-timer here, uh, if you point your smart device at that, you'll get a link on your phone to our digital connect card. Name, phone number, email. We'd love to have that information. We will send you texts and emails for five or six weeks um, at quite a pace, and then that tapers off. So, Also, there's gifts uh, gifts for you at guest services. First-time guest gifts, guest services. Get one afterwards if you didn't get one on the way in. Absolutely. Uh, It was in the announcements, but I want to over announce it reannounce announce it um, our VBS is coming up uh, June 13th through the 15th three days Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday from 9 to 12 mm-hmm. for children ages 3 to 11 we need volunteers so uh, it's yes. fun if you can help us with that um, any all three days or a day mm-hmm. or whatever in the morning we'd love for you to come and help on our app there's a place where you can say hey I can help and you volunteer there okay there's uh, if you don't, the first one is to get your kids registered don't use that one it's the one for volunteers yeah, yeah. yeah. so that would be great. When we gather like this, we always corporately pray for our neighbors. Uh, we do that on purpose to emphasize something that we encourage you to do every day. Pray for the people that live around you. This is a powerful ministry. It's a ministry we should all be doing, and it, it really makes a difference. So... Um, So keep it up. I keep hearing great reports about things that are happening with people's neighbors. So get a couple of your neighbors in your mind's eye, if you would. Let's go to the Lord. Papa, we lift up our neighbors to you. And God, we ask that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways, that you would draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. Help us, God, to be good neighbors, to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people come to know you as their Lord and Savior, in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. We're going to continue on today in a series we're doing called Sword Sharpening. This series is about making the most out of your time with the Bible. And I, I love to talk about the Bible and how important it is. And I will tell you my hope in this series is that at some point, either during or at the end, if you don't uh, really look forward to reading your Bible like if some of you are doing it and it's a chore and some of you aren't, I get all those things, no judgment. But by the end of this, it will be something that you look forward to every day, spending a little time reading your Bible. That's my hope. So that's where we're heading. So we're we're laying some foundation here in the beginning about things that you sort of need to know about the Bible that don't always get talked about. And uh, and there's four things. You know, the, the first one was that all of it is really pointing to Jesus in some way, and we looked at that um, together. Uh, today we're going to talk about how it's... Uh, It's not just a book, it's a library of books and what difference that makes. And then next week we're going to talk about two of the four things that we mentioned. We're going to talk about how it's written for us but not to us. That's a big deal. And... Context and the importance of context and looking at all those things together. So um, that's what we're heading towards. Uh, I actually had forgotten to get my jokes together for this Sunday and some people are like, yay, but last night I pulled it together uh, and I just looked at my text from Pastor Billy. And and I wanted to share with you my life because basically he texts me a bad, really bad joke every day.
6: He texts us, me, too. Us, yeah, We're us, in the loop. Yes. yes so I uh, get sorry. To, I get to hear it. Yeah. You know, and and
1: then, then we don't always know what to say. They're so bad. So I thought yeah. I would share with you
6: <laughs> a few
1: of these that didn't make it. Uh,
6: this is what so far. This is what makes a deep, abiding friendship. Yes. Bad jokes every day.
1: What do you call a duck that breaks into houses? A robber ducky. It's Pastor Billy. that You yep, need to hold yep, accountable yep, for yep, that. Yep. Do you hear about the guy who was going to propose to his girlfriend, but before he could, his dog ate the ring. Oh,
6: my goodness. Now
1: it's a diamond in the rough. <laughs> in the rough. Diamond in I, the yeah. rough.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: What do you call a broken can opener? A can't opener.
6: There you go. A can't okay, opener. Okay, really we- bad.
1: Thank you, Billy. Please, Thank Alice, you. pray for us and lead us in the reading of the Word.
6: I will. I will do that. We've had a few can't openers in our life, especially during Irma. Well,
1: most like- of them, I find, are can't openers.
6: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. All right, let's 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 take a shift, pray, and then we'll read the Word together. Thank you, Lord. Papa, you're so good to us, and your presence here this morning heals our hearts mends our souls and gives us hope lord i pray that whatever we're going through this morning you would come and just touch that spot and that we would be able to go on stronger and better and more light soften our rough edges and give us grace in jesus name amen will you stand with me please for the reading of the word the text is out of the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, beginning at verse 44. This is Jesus. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scripture. He told them, this is what is written The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of all these things. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You guys can sit.
1: Okay. So I'm going to Bible geek here for a few minutes. So bear with me. Uh, But there's a really cool story at the end. So we'll make a cool connection. So these are just things though that uh, are hard to sometimes work into a message. Uh, And yet knowing them will make a huge difference in the time you spend in the Word of God. So we've looked at a couple of passages or verses already that I I just want to look at quickly again. I know it's early uh, in in the series, but These repeats are important because I want you to get them. We've looked at this passage, 2 Timothy 3, uh, 16 and 17. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So we've looked at that. But just as a re- quick review of that passage, there's eight things that are in that passage. You don't have to know them all, but I, I want you to see how powerful these are. The um, first thing is the Bible says it's inspired by God. I do want to spend a moment on that. What does it mean that uh, the, it's inspired by God? And because and a lot of people will struggle with this sort of concept, well, was the Bible written by God or by people? And the answer is yes. Uh, People don't like yes answers to two questions like that. But it's a both-and thing. Uh, It's inspired by God, but he wrote it through people. Now, inspiration, because then some people think that means that what happened was they were sitting there and all of a sudden they like went into a trance and God took their hand and wrote stuff. And then they woke up and went, wow, I wrote that? That's not inspiration. God partners with the biblical writers so that they can write what he wants them to write. But he uses them and their their understanding and their personalities and their temperaments and he partners, he cooperates with that. Uh, and sometimes he tells them, you know, you need to write this, and other times he says, write what you hear or think or see or feel or you're... and 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 so all that is in the idea of inspiration. But uh he is leading the 40 plus authors into writing in effect a unified story and theme. That we have in the Bible. And so we need to know that. And sometimes people struggle with that, as I said, but God partners with people to get things done on the planet. Um, and so it, it shouldn't be a stretch for us to realize that he would partner with people to give us the book he wanted. Um, and if you, when you're reading the book, you'll see that he's almost always, the things that God does, he does in partnership with people. Like go back to the parting of the Red Sea. God absolutely do that, but Moses was involved. Um, you know, so there's a partnership happening and that's how God wants to do things. That's just the heart of God. Could he do it other ways? Absolutely he could. But he, his heart is and has been from the beginning to partner with his human family to make a difference on the, on the planet. And he does that with the word, but it's inspired by him so that we have the word that he wants us to have. Uh, that passage also says that it's God breathed. And when you're reading, particularly in the Old Testament, as things are getting going, um, there's this, he breathes into things. It's a picture of spirit uh, and Holy Spirit and that whole process. And so the scripture, it says, is God breathed. Some the very heart of God, you need to know that as you read. Uh, in that passage, it also says that the Bible is useful to teach us truth. This is a big deal that there is a standard for truth. Jesus is truth, is what it says. And this is his word, and we know those connections already. Because we have an enemy who spins that and tries to make it like there is no one real truth, that if you believe it to be true, then it's true. Uh, and there's this big mess that's going on. And that's not what truth is. Uh, and, and so we have a standard for truth right here in the Bible. It's very helpful. We, you know... We know because the Bible tells us that our enemy is ultimately working so that um, what's good is bad, and what's bad is good, and he's very successful. Uh, just think about how much of that is going on. Um, so, and the Bible is also useful because it gives us truth to make us aware of problems and situations, and that's very helpful, so we, we know how to pray and how to move into situations. It corrects our thinking and actions, the Bible does. Uh, anybody here ever have some bad thinking still <sighs> that results in bad actions? Yeah. Well, the Bible helps us to sort of figure out what those things look like and how to change those things. And uh, it also uh, teaches us what's right, along with being truth and what's right. We can look at Jesus who models life and ministry for us, and he helps us to know, you know, the things that we should be doing. It prepares us for everyday life. It's not just, you know, this... this. Uh, this preparation for, you know, the future, it's how to live now and how that reflects in the world around us and uh, it equips us the bible to make a difference on the planet, to to do good stuff. We don't do good stuff because we're trying to earn anything from god. It's because we're his kids. And one of the things that should happen as his kids is you should do good stuff. You should be blessing not only the people you know but the people you don't know. And and you should see that happening over time. So Steve, make make a note, Steve, as you're driving. To yeah. We were in Puerto Rico a few weeks ago, Alice and I. And Pastor Billy and Angie, we went over there too. We were visiting um, the, some of the vineyard churches there. Because we're, I'm, trying to, I'm hoping to set up future mission trips for people that want to go from here. And we can go and bless the church and it'll be cool. Uh, so we have a vineyard. The, the one that we particularly visited was in Mayaguez. Uh, so we had to drive. I had to drive with everybody in the car from... San Juan to Mayagüez. I got to get some accent going, uh, and it was it was a, it's going to be some really cool stuff. There's some cool things connections that we, we started making with San Juan that I'd never made. You know, it was named after Saint John, right? And there's it's really cool. Um, and uh, so now I'm off on a trail. But I so for ten years from ninety five to two thousand and five, I traveled in often to Cuba on mission trips. I went short-term mission trips three or four times a year to Cuba. And, and while we were there, we found out that they, they often say that um, Cuba and Puerto Rico are like two wings of a bird. They're very similar. But one has a has some real... There's a lot of mess. And this other one has a different founding. It's very cool to to see what those things... Anyway, by next year, hopefully, we'll start having trips available for those that want to save up their pennies and go. Yeah. Start saving your pennies now. And uh, it'll be fun. So anyway, uh, why did they... Oh, I said that to say this. So I had to drive. And what I found out was even in Puerto Rico, they don't drive as well as I do. <laughs> it, it went everywhere with me. So anyway, back to mental note. Bless people wherever you go. All right. Also, we've looked at Hebrews 4.12. Uh, the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. And it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And so from that, I, I hope that you connected with that. The Bible, the word, it's alive. There's something about this that's unlike anything else that you may ever read. And the more that you hang out with it, the more God reveals himself. It's, it's got this component to it. Holy Spirit illuminating it that is just makes it different from everything else. It's also very powerful like a sword, uh, and it's sharp, and it, it cuts uh, into our soul and spirit, uh, and it exposes our thoughts and attitudes and desires, both good and bad, and that's really important, because just in the way that m- most of us still have some bad thinking, um, we've got some bad attitudes that need to be dealt with, and the Bible is effective as we yield the Holy Spirit in making those changes in us, so it's a great, amazing, wonderful Thing that I'm hoping to encourage you to read and, and, and not only to read, but to be blessed by and to enjoy and to look, actually look forward to. That's, I like, know that's, some people are like, mm, but yes, this can happen for all those things. So, um, what I want to talk about now for the next few minutes, so bear with me again, it's kind of geeky, but these things are in there. Once they're in there, it will make a difference in your time in the Word. So the Bible, uh, it's a library, not just a book. But because of the way it's presented to us and because we're used to things, it's, you know, it's singularly, it's bound together like this. And this is the Bible that we've all known for the most part. Uh, and it looks like a book. And so we tend to read it just like any other book that we might pick up. I know the first time I actually had a Bible in my hands, I did just that. I skipped, you know, the, the foreword and the preface, because whoever reads those things, and got to what looked like the beginning, Genesis 1, and I, oh, okay, here we go, and started reading, and the numbers were funny and everything, but Genesis 1 looked right. And I remember reading a little bit, and I'm like, well, this makes no sense at all. Put that away. And that was that. I didn't try anywhere else or go. Um, and, and so we, we sometimes do that with a book. But this one is different, see? Because it's a collection of books. It's a library. It's 66 books that are unified by a theme written by different authors over a significant period of time, about 1,500 years. So it started about 3,500 years ago. It started being written down for us. And then uh, up till the time of Jesus, right after that, 2,000 years ago. So 1,500 years. Uh, over 40 authors... Written in three languages um, that you know we only it's in one for us, so we're happy. But originally in Hebrew, uh, Greek, and Aramaic, and knowing that makes a difference in how they're read. And there are different types of books. So there's history books, and there's there's law books, and there's books of prophecy. Uh, there's personal letters in here. There's poetry books, and sometimes that imagery helpful. I think if you walk into a library and you went to a different section, you'd expect the books to be different, you, and you would read them knowing that. They're different. And we have to know that in the scripture. You, if you're reading a history book, you have to be aware that it's history. Um, if, you, if you move to one of the poetry books, you can't read it like you read a history book because it won't make any sense. Well, you know, For years I've told you that I love the Psalms. And uh, I wrote a devotional book about the Psalms years ago and encouraged people to be reading the Psalms. And people will sometimes go, well, that, I can't even believe that's in the Bible because some of the psalmists are like really mad at God. And they write about it. And are we supposed to do that? First off, God's big enough to handle that. Uh, but secondly, it's a song or a poem that's happening. And so it's written differently. has a different structure. And it's written so that people would remember them. You know, there's big chunks of the Psalms that were just chanted and sung all the time in daily life and it was a song and songs do that they they take information a song can take a an idea and put it together in a way that you remember it that you can't always get just from reading something and think about the power of song even today how often do you hear a song that triggers just all kinds of memories good and bad from years and years ago it's powerful the connections that happened and you have that in in the psalms and in the proverbs and in the other poetry books so um you have to know when you read this that all these things are at work when you pick it up. It, you, are you reading a history book or a poetry book or a prophecy book? Uh, are you reading a personal letter that was written to someone? When sort of was it written? What was going on in that period of time? You've got different authors coming at it from different perspectives. We've got farmers and we've got shepherds and we've got kings and we've got uh, you know prophets and priests and all these people writing at different times with different worldviews And all of that impacts how we read the scripture. And so I I want you to be aware of those things as you sort of plug into the book. It's also broken down. Uh, this library books into two volumes, if you would. I Then you're going to go, it's a two-volume book. No, it's not. It's 66 books. But um, one is called the First Testament, and the other one is the Second Testament. Now, normally we would say Old Testament, New Testament. I'd normally do that. My only concern when I call it the Old Testament is that a lot of people go, well, that's old. It doesn't make it. We don't need that one. And it's not true. You definitely need the old one or the first one to make sense of the second one. And so you can't dismiss it, and a lot of people want to do that. And so I don't want you to do that. So two testaments, uh, and a, uh, a testament is a legal term for covenant, same kind of word. Uh, and so we had the old covenant and the new covenant. Uh, and the old covenant, a covenant or a testament, was just an agreement between two parties. And in, in in our case, it was the the first one was an agreement between God and the people of Israel. <laughs> Uh, about what he was going to do and how they were supposed to live, in effect. And the second one, or the new one, is an agreement between um, God and all humanity that uh, shows us how Jesus has made a way for us to be reconciled to him. And so they, they both have value and merit. and It's very important that you understand that. Uh, and the new covenant... Uh, sorry, again, terminology here is... It, it sort of is, it's new. It, it, it replaces the old one, but the old one is not invalid or wiped out completely. You, so I, it's very hard to sort of say that in a way that you hang on to it. So when I say that we're under this new covenant now, we are, but the old one got us there and there's reasons that we need to know it. And, and so there's those things going on. And then I said there's this unifying theme that ties, amazingly ties all these books together. So that's how we know it's inspired and that God's behind it because all these different group of authors get us this book, this volume, a collection of books that's tied by a unified theme. Somebody sent me a video clip and I watched it uh, and it was fascinating. So uh, the Bible is, has got links all over the place to other parts of the Bible. It's sort of, be, before computers, they were hyperlinks. And actually in the scrolls, where they have those things, the, you can sort of see how it links and how it's connected to other parts. And, uh, this video shows that in the Bible, there's like 64,000 of these hyperlinks from beginning to end and back and forth and through. And, and that's just, that's crazy. And yet that's, that's this amazing uh library of books that we have. So there's this theme that unites them all. Um, and it's fortunately, I think, very well summarized in Ephesians chapter one, verses nine through eleven. So uh you should probably have this one highlighted in your Bible or written down somewhere. Because it, it really kind of summarizes and gives us an idea of what the entire collection of books is moving towards. They made uh he made known to us The mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when times, the times reach their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Now, if you've been here before, you know I talk all the time about that heaven and earth connection, right? And so this is, he's bringing that back together. It's what we had in the very beginning at Eden. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. And so this is the major theme of the Bible that God is revealing to us that Jesus is the savior of sinful mankind. And, and so that's a big deal. That's the big when you sort of know that's what he's writing about. Everything is moving to that. It starts helping you tie all these things together. And this was what Alice read to us in the in the reading uh, today. It's in Luke twenty four, and um, that in context too. I've actually spent a lot of time teaching from that particular uh, chapter. Uh, that's Jesus walking with the two disciples. Uh, Right after the resurrection, but the two disciples don't know what that means or what's happened yet. And Jesus is explaining it to them as they walk along. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. You know, Jesus is saying everything in the first testament, if you would, that's what he he got covered with what he said, is about me. and And it's going to be fulfilled. And then he says, and then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. Well, have you ever thought, well, that would be nice. Please do that. And he does. Because what he gives them to open their minds is in the next verse. It's the key to understanding it. He said, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. He's pointing them all to that main event that happens at the cross, where he comes, Jesus comes, fully God, fully man, lives a perfect life that we couldn't, willingly goes to the cross on our behalf, takes on our sin, dies with it, leaves it there, defeats death, rises again, and in so doing, he's defeated the power of sin and the power of death, and he's made a way for us to be reconciled to God. That's what is happening with that, and that's, everything is pointing to that. So the the people before Christ, what they're doing is they're looking in faith, because it's written there, at a promised Messiah who's going to come and make a way to be reconciled to everybody, and in that faith, they're saved. And people on this side of it, that's us, we can look back at what happened at the cross, and in that same faith, we're saved as well. It's always been about Jesus, always will be. just doesn't matter where you are in history, it's all about your faith and what's going on. So those are the major deals, all pointing at Jesus and what he's going to do and how he's done it, which makes me say, Jesus is so cool. And he's cooler than cool, and I don't have a word for that. So we'll come up with some other ways to describe Jesus. But let me tell you a story here. It's like a five-minute story, so I'll be two minutes late. That's okay. Let me, let me set the stage a little bit. And, and this was a story that I've been alluding to for the last few weeks. It's just something that I hadn't seen before and how things keep popping up even after many, many years of spending time in the Bible. So uh, to set the stage for this, Jesus is our advocate. So he he's our advocate. And an advocate is a person that comes to our aid and, and sort of pleads our case to a judge. Uh, they offer support, uh, strength, counsel. They intercede for us when it's necessary. And the Bible says that Jesus is the advocate for all of us who believe. First John two one. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So Jesus is the advocate. The opposite of advocate... Uh, sort of in the heavenly realms, if you would, would be the accuser. And that's the description of the evil one. Roman, uh, Revelation 12.10 I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of God uh, and the authority of his Messiah for the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before God, uh, our God day and night has been hurled down. This is what the, the evil one is doing. He's an accuser. He's hurling accusations against you, and Jesus is the advocate who stands there on your behalf. So we're aware of uh, how the enemy is this liar, and he's deceptive, and he's behind all of the mess in our planet today, and we've looked at how that all happened and what's going on. And there's a story I want to quickly read to you in two places in Mark. Mark chapter 6 and then Mark chapter 12. It has to deal with the Herodians... And what they're doing. Now, at this time in history, Herod is the king of Israel. He's a puppet king. He was put there by Caesar, uh, you know, Augustus, Tiberius Augustus at the time. He had no claim in lineage to be the king of Israel. This is all a political thing because he pledged allegiance to Rome, and so he's in there. And his, the people that support him are the Herodians. Well, let me read you a, a bad story real quick, and then we'll read the good story, all right? But it's Mark 6, and actually, you know, let me tell you, this is a horrific story. In Mark 6, this is about John the Baptist being beheaded. I'm just setting it up front. This is vile, horrible story, but it, it sets up the next part. Uh, for Herod himself, verse 17, had uh, given orders to have John arrested, and uh, he had him bound and put in prison. He did this because of Herodias his brother Philip's wife, whom he had married. And John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful to you to have your brother's wife. Uh, So Herodias nursed a grudge against John and wanted to kill him, but she wasn't able to uh, because Herod feared John and protected him, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man. And when Herod heard John, he was greatly puzzled, yet he liked to listen to him. Finally, the opportune time came. Uh, on his birthday, Herod gave a banquet for his high officials, military commanders, and the leading men of Galilee. Those are the Herodians. Uh, and when the daughter of Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guests. And the king said to the girl, ask me for anything you want, I'll give it to you. And he promised her with an oath, uh, whatever you ask, I will give you up to half of my kingdom. This is, a, this is a big deal, right? And she goes out and says to her mom, what shall I ask for? The mom says, the head of John the Baptist she answered. I think of all the things that you could ask for. And at once the girl hurried into the king with this request. I want you to give me right now, right now, the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And the king was greatly distressed, but because of his oaths and his dinner guests, he didn't want to refuse her. So he immediately sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. The man went, beheaded John in the prison and brought back his head on a platter. And he presented it to the girl and she gave it to her mother and on hearing this, John's disciples came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. So terrible. Like I said, this is a terrible story. Uh, you know, it speaks to the, the just how uh, violent and horrific and the enemy being behind all these things. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the, the sort of picture of John the Baptist's head on a platter. The platter would most likely this time been silver platter and platters back then had inscriptions around it. And it was at a banquet. It was kind of pastoral. It was gross. Horrible. Pastor Steve, why would you share that story? Because I want you to share, I want you to see this story that is context of that one it has to do again with the Herodians a little bit further on in Mark. Uh, this is Mark chapter 12, and the Herodians are at it again. This time is with Jesus. They got John the Baptist sort of dealt with. And now they're going after Jesus. Mark 12:13. They sent him. Uh, they sent him to some Pharisees and some Herodians. Then they sent to him some Pharisees and Herodians to trap him in what he said. We looked at this. The the Pharisees and the Herodians didn't even like each other, but they were partnering up because they hated Jesus more. Uh, And they came to him and said, "Teacher, we know that you're sincere and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality, but teach the way of God in accordance with the truth." Flattery—anybody ever been flattered in a setup? (laughs) It's coming. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? This is one of the—it's a non-win, and they think they've got Jesus trapped because if he says don't pay taxes then the romans are going to get him because that's something they would not tolerate and if he says they should then the people of israel are going to reject him completely because they don't like paying taxes it's like a no and they think they've got him cornered and trapped should we pay them or should we not but knowing their hypocrisy jesus is so cool he said to them why are you putting me to the test bring me a denarius and let me see it. And so they brought him one. And he said to them, whose head is this and whose title? And they answered, well, the emperor's. And Jesus said to them, give to the emperor the things that are the emperor's and to God the things that are God's. And they were utterly amazed at him. And they should be. I'm, I'm, I've been utterly amazed at that response. And many of Jesus' response, utterly amazed. Like, wow. Like, wow. How cool is that? And, and if, if that were it, it would be cool enough. But there's something that popped out that I had never seen before. And that uh, I wanted to share with you. Uh, There's this uh, picture that I looked at. That kind of all of a sudden takes things to a whole nother level. And it's a denarius. And this is what Jesus asked for. Quickly he said, bring me a denarius. And they hand him a denarius. Now if it hits you like it does me, I might have to point it out. But that's okay. What he in effect does is have the Herodians bring him Caesar's head on a platter. You see it? Yeah. Boom! I mean, I know. All right. I like, and, and you got to know this: that as soon as it's in a hurry, so they just do it without even thinking. Here's the denarius. I think all of a sudden they go, "Oops," <laughs> because they they get it. That everybody that was reading this story at that point in time would get it, and all you can think of is you should be utterly amazed at Jesus, because wow, he gets that group, and it, it's his way of saying, "I know what you did." and I know who's behind it all, and he's even getting to the accuser. He says, I got your number as well, and you're no match for me. None. Now listen, why did I start this little thing by talking about the advocate and the accuser? These are sort of the representatives in the heavenly realms. Here's the deal. You get to choose your representative. Who do you want representing you in the heavenly realm? Jesus, the advocate, he's yours by choice. You say yes to Jesus. I I told you the gospel message. You respond to that. Jesus, I want to choose Lord and Savior. He's your guy. If you don't choose Jesus, you get the other guy by default. That's just the way it works. Who do you want? If you haven't made Jesus your Lord and Savior, do it. Best decision you'll ever make. And he is so cool. He loves you. And he's for you. And he, he wants the best for you. Choose Jesus. It changes everything. Ministry team, those of you who want to get over the wall. And, uh, <laughs> ah. <laughs> well, thank you. That was fun. Uh, if you need prayer for anything, the people over there will pray for you. And again, Jesus. It's just Jesus. Will you be my Lord and Savior? You heard the gospel message in there. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? Best choice you will ever make about anything in this life. So do it if you haven't already.
6: Amen. So good. Such a good message. Thank you, honey. Bear with me here for a moment because I, when Kimmy was singing The Goodness of God this morning and she said in that line, All my life you have been faithful, somebody, maybe more than one of you, got a flash. But this is for someone in particular, a flash of something that happened to you as a child that should have been the end of you, and it wasn't. And God wants you to know that he was faithful to you then, and he's going to be faithful to you now. So hold on to that. Amen?
1: Amen. Good word. Thank you. Thank you, uh, church, for your amazing generosity. It is, uh, it is humbling for us to be able to partner with you and the things that we get to accomplish, not only here locally, but around the globe. Amazing to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all of that and for making that possible. Let's sing doxology and we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Those doors will be open for you. looks like it's going to be okay out there. Get out there. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. Have a great day. Be kind to one another in the parking lot. See you later. Bye. Everybody, thanks for watching. And uh, more cool stuff next week, as we talked about the importance of context. Mm. And then we're going to move into the storyline of the Bible. So, mm. all that's going to be fun. But thank you for watching today.
6: I love context. Yes. Context Absolutely. for lunch? There, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because we're having prime rib. I wanted oh. to fit that in. Yeah, I, I'm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's when we get hungry. Yeah, yeah. Bye.